0: Welcome to my show, Thoughts, Action, Success. This week, let's talk about divine relationships. Before we dive into the world of relationships, I want to ask you a question. Who are the five most prominent people in your life? Maybe it's your partner, your mum, your bestie, your boss, or the girl who sits next to you at work. For all the mothers out there, this doesn't include your children. Right now, I'm just referring to the adult relationships in your life. Whoever it is, write down your top five and then take a long, hard look at your answers. These top five relationships are a direct reflection of you. You see, we are a product of the people we surround ourselves with, which means that whoever you're hanging out with on the most, the most says a lot about who you are and who you are becoming. With that in mind, when you look at your list, is your immediate reaction, oh crap? Or did you think, hell yeah, that's awesome. These people are amazing. I'm so inspired by them and so grateful to have them in my life. If you answer more like the first, it might be time for a relationship reassessment. When I look back at some of my previous relationships, I can see they were definitely a reflection of my internal state. I don't regret anything in life. Those relationships were perfect for where I was at my, in my journey, and I learned so many beautiful lessons along the way, but they were certainly not serving my higher good, and I wasn't serving theirs. Once you realize the importance of the relationships in your life, you can make, then make a choice. You can continue to give your time, energy, and space to those relationships, or you cannot. That doesn't mean you have to go and break up with your bestie via text right now. It's simply an opportunity to look closely at the prominent people and connections in your life and ask yourself some serious questions. Do your relationships inspire you and allow you to be the fullest version of your authentic self? Or are they causing you to shrink and become a modified version of yourself? The answers will tell you a lot. Sometimes the people sucking your energy might be family members or bosses and removing them from the situation isn't feasible. So a good question to ask is, what changes do I need to make within or to that relationship to make it more inspiring and healthy for me? This might mean steering conversations away from the stale familiar gossip sessions or instead of meeting for cocktails, meet for a walk. Relationships allow us the opportunity to be the fullest version of ourselves. They allow us to expand into higher consciousness. If a relationship doesn't inspire the bejesus out of you, then why would you continue to entertain it and give it energy? Sometimes the voices in our heads tell us that we should because it's the right thing to do. But what does your truth say? Maybe your truth is to no longer sit and listen to so-and-so bitch about how crappy their life is, how they always have no money and how much their partner annoys them because they never do anything around the house. Your time, energy and space are very precious so be careful who you give them to and with those people you do choose to give your energy to, give like your life depends on it. Give love with your whole heart and don't hold back an inch. Remember, What you put out, you get back. And if you want more love in your life, you must first be love and give more love. Whatever you decide, remember that every relationship in your life serves a divine purpose. Those people are there to enrich your heart, teach you something and provide a sacred opportunity for divine growth. And that's the purpose you serve for them too. Whatever relationships you have attracted in your life at this moment are precisely the ones you need in your life at this moment. There is a hidden meaning behind all events, and this hidden meaning is serving your own evolution. That's a quote from Deepak Chopra. Your relationships are your biggest spiritual assignments. As humans, we are hardwired for connection and thrive on love and intimacy. So don't deny yourself, but do choose wisely. Your choices affect your actions and your actions affect your life, both today and in the future. It's also important to mention you aren't going to connect with everyone. That's the beautiful thing about polarity. There is no need to be falsely loving just to be nice. If you meet someone you don't connect with, ask yourself why. What is it about them that doesn't align? Take a look in the mirror. Does something about them remind you of you? What is triggering you? There will be some nuggets of wisdom in there if you take some time to dig for it. Recently I was chatting with a friend when she told me that she thought a mutual friend was inauthentic. Before we went any further, I asked her where she is being inauthentic in her own life. That question took her by surprise, but because she was open, she stopped to think about it. I could hear her crying as she realised she was being inauthentic in her relationship. She hadn't stopped to look in the mirror. It's quite possible she would have missed that opportunity to get really honest with herself. Remember, every relationship is a reflection of you. Take the time to stop and look in the mirror before you throw around the judgments. I remember an instance when I accidentally cut someone off in the car park at my local supermarket. I know I hadn't been paying enough attention and the incident really was my own fault. I quickly mouthed, I'm sorry, and gave a sincere wave to the man in the car behind me. The man got out of his car, came up to my window, and started abusing me. Fists were being waved, spittle was flying, and vulgar language was hurled in my direction. I was really hurt and extremely shocked. It seemed like a minor incident, and I had immediately apologized. His reaction had seemed crazily disproportionate. Shaken, I remember driving around the corner, pulling into a parking spot and bursting into tears. I knew I needed to be more present while driving. I had been distracted and someone could have been hurt. So I was grateful for that potent reminder. But I was also really taken aback by the man's reaction. How could he be so mean? I didn't do it on purpose. It was an accident, I thought. It was a powerful way to learn an important lesson about relationships. In all our human interactions, everyone is dealing with their own stuff. Every single person has his or her own pains, fears, frustrations, and concerns. In that moment in the car park, the other man's reactions had been about his stuff. Maybe he had just got fired, or his dog had died, or he'd found out a member of his family was in hospital. Really? The reason was none of my business. He'd simply been angry and frustrated, and I just happened to be the person on the receiving end, which in turn was perfect for me because it was the slap in the face I needed. Realizing the truth helped me get perspective and made me conscious of the fact that the only thing I could control in the whole situation was my own reaction. In fact, when you understand that people will always try to project their own stuff onto you, it's quite liberating, it helps you let go. It means you can stop taking things personally and will save you years of battles in your mind. You see, everyone is always seeking unity. One person may want to bring you down to their level and another may want you to rise up. Either way, your job is to stand in your truth and remember that everyone is always seeking unity. Realising this is a great opportunity for growth. If someone projects their stuff onto you and you remain calm and neutral, And you can happily walk away knowing that it was their emotional baggage and had nothing to do with you. However, if someone projects their stuff and it triggers something within you, say anger, frustration, or sadness, then my friend, there is an opportunity for your own personal evolution right there. You can either grasp onto that opportunity with both hands, or you can project your own stuff right back at them and totally miss the nugget of wisdom buried underneath. The choice is yours. The key is to be super conscious and present so you can see what's really going on. If you let the voices in your head take over, you'll have squandered a beautiful opportunity for growth. Sometimes we're the ones projecting our stuff on others. I remember being with a friend and going with her to catch up with one of her friends for coffee. After we'd finished our coffees and were in the car heading back to her place, she commented on how sweet, funny and bubbly she thought her friend was. I, on the other hand, I thought she was stuck up and fake. Isn't it funny how two people have very different opinions of the same experience and the same person? Of course, there was a lesson to be learned from my bitching. When we judge others, we are simply judging ourselves. What we see in others, we see in ourselves. In the moment in the coffee shop, what I saw in the other person was what I feared within myself. She triggered my own stuff. I was simply looking at the mirror at my own reflection. There was an element of stuck-upness and unauthenticity radiating out of me, and that was being bounced back at me through the other person. She was my mirror. Now, whenever I feel myself go to judge someone, I take a look in the mirror and remind myself that it has nothing to do with the other person and everything to do with me. The voices in your head won't want you to look at yourself honestly like that. But do it anyway. Free yourself today. Understanding this mirror concept will save you years of heartache and will fast track your journey to master your mindset. I've already talked about how having expectations on yourself and others can fuel the voices in your head, fire you up and set you up for a painful expectation hangover. The voices often attach expectations to the people nearest and dearest to us. She's my best friend, so she should treat me a certain way. She's my sister, so she should do this for me. That is not only denying your truth and the truth of those around you, but it's incredibly exhausting and will lead you quickly down the path to unhappiness. We need to quit shooting all over the place. Let go of expectations and accept the truth of the present moment and of the people around us. Wouldn't you rather someone did something for you because she wanted to with all her heart, not because she felt she should? From a young age, I constantly people-pleased, because that was what I thought I had to do to get people to like me. I also developed the belief that you should do things to make other people happy, and it didn't matter if you had to sacrifice your own truth and happiness in the process. It wasn't until much later in my life that I realised I needed to put my health and happiness first. That I was no good to anyone else if I wasn't at my best. Every time we people please, we are saying yes to someone else and no to ourselves. In that moment, we are well and truly diminishing our light. Nothing good comes out of people pleasing, just that old expectation hangover, a yucky feeling deep in your gut and a sour taste in your mouth. Don't think I'm saying you shouldn't do things for other people. I'm constantly doing nice things for my family and friends, but not because I feel like I should, simply because I love to. There's a definite difference there. One is motivated by love and the other by fear. When you are coming from love, the energy is different. Not only will you feel it, but so will the person on the receiving end. To avoid giving yourself an icky expectation hangover, drop the labels and expectations you place on yourself, your family and friends and just show up as your beautiful self and stop shoulding all over the place. I'm currently a work in progress to dealing with a serious case of comparisonitis. I identified I was living in a constant state of not feeling good enough. I compared everything about me to others. How I looked, the work I did, how much money I made, how many clients I had, the clothes I wore, how much I weighed, the car I drove, how happy I was. Everything. I did it because I was insecure within myself and the voices in my head were having a field day. It was one of the most sensitive pain points and they pushed on it whenever they could when we compare ourselves we are comparing from fear which is the opposite of your truth love the voices in your head use comparisons to keep you in a state of suffering and out of your heart that's their job and the way they survive remember the voices cannot survive in a state of love she will do whatever it takes like point out your friend's successes on facebook The beautiful skin of some celebrity on Instagram and even great shoes on a girl walking down the street to keep love at bay and guarantee their power over you. It's just another sneaky trick that they try to play on you. Comparison keeps you small and creates a scarcity mindset. When I was in comparison mode, nothing flowed in my life. I started comparing how many clients I have with other coaches, then couldn't work out why I was struggling to find more. I would look at my bank balance and then couldn't work out why I wasn't experiencing abundance. I compared my relationship with other relationships. Then was flabbergasted when it flopped. I compared how I looked with everyone around me, then wondered why I could never shift weight or get my hair just the way I wanted it. As soon as I saw what was really going on, I remembered that I had a choice. As with everything in life, I could choose to come from love or stay in fear. Thankfully, I decided to choose the first option. I want to encourage you to do the same. Remember, it's a choice. Your choice. I'm still human and the voice is still trying to compare me to others. However, it's nothing like I used to be. I'm excited to share that i'm now over my full-blown comparisonitis and live from a place of love everything flows so much more freely my work my relationships my health my finances i'm content in my own skin and best of all it's now effortlessness my friendships have also changed the focus is now very much on talking about positive stuff and genuinely celebrating each other's wins how things have changed maybe the biggest difference of all is that we are completely authentic with each other there are no masks cover-ups or facades gone are those days now we can just be ourselves how refreshing take a moment right now to reflect on the relationships in your life are they based on comparison Gently remind yourself to slide back into your heart. It's So much warmer in there. Be grateful for those relationships. Choose to come from love. Let the voices take a back seat and instead of comparing yourself to those people, praise them for their greatness. Celebrate their wins and genuinely be happy for them. Your soul sisters are the friends who really get you deep down. There's no pretending, no hiding, no comparing and no competition. Just pure, genuine love and joy. They're the ones you're not afraid to share your truth with. They're always there when you need them, and they never try to dim your light. My soul sisters are kicking major goals right now. Building their own businesses, becoming authors, overcoming health issues, being amazing mothers, busting through limiting beliefs, and choosing love over fear. The old me would have felt seriously threatened by their success, but now I feel incredibly inspired by them. In fact, I'm their biggest cheerleader and number one fan. In order to have authentic, soul-deep friendships, you have to stop comparing and let go of the fear-based thinking. Those pesky voices will still pipe up, and the more you can catch them in the act, the easier it gets. If you want to build and nurture authentic relationships with your soul sisters, you might like to follow these guidelines. When something big happens in her life, show genuine happiness for her. Celebrate her wins, loudly and proudly. Write her a card, drop off some flowers or shower her a juice, coffee or some, even some champagne. Always be her biggest cheerleader and support her unconditionally. Inspire her to be the best version of herself. Love her unconditionally. Let go of your your own expectations. Share how you're feeling. Listen, and I mean really listen, to what she is saying without interruption. Don't give your opinion until it has been asked for. Put down your phone when she is sharing with you and be 100% present. Send her love, always. Feel inspired by her greatness. Don't ever judge her. Let your soul sister cry when she needs to and never, ever stop her. Just hold space for her to get it all out. That's what real friends are for. It's awesome to have meaningful relationships with your soul sisters and other loved friends. But we can also find ourselves in relationships with people who are actually dragging us down and making us feel like total You know the type of people I mean. Maybe it's the friend who gives you the backhanded compliments that truly sting. Or the girl you've known since high school who only calls when she needs something and she's never around when you've got your own stuff going on. Or maybe it's a whole gang of peeps you used to hang out with whose values no longer align to your own. Whatever type of friend it is that's pulling you down, There are some things you can do to protect yourself and ensure that your energy isn't being compromised. Number one. Recognize that all your relationships serve a divine purpose. Yep, even that friend who really knows how to push your buttons. There is a lesson you need to learn from this person. And the sooner you figure it out, the sooner you can both move on and let the experience go. Number two. Know that you do not have to put up with being treated badly. It doesn't matter whether you've known someone since you were both toddlers or if you feel bad for them because they've got no other friends, which is a judgment by the way, or any other reason that you might be telling yourself. The simple truth is this, you deserve to be treated with kindness and respect by the people around you and anyone who is not living up to the standard is not worth your time and energy. Number three, choose to prioritise your own needs and energy state. When it comes to frenemies and energy vampires, many of us find it difficult to stand our ground and assert our boundaries, which is why you can find yourself hanging out with them or helping them move house or pet in their pooch, even though you're related to dogs, time and time again. In these situations, it's important that you recognise that, that the only person who's going to stand up for you, your needs, is you. You have the power to choose who you spend your time with and you need to be the one prioritizing your own needs. Number four, lovingly, firmly assert your boundaries. If you don't want to hang out with someone, don't. When you are asked, kindly but firmly state your truth. If your knee-jerk reaction is to always say yes, try to give yourself a little breathing space to help gather your thoughts. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Let me check my calendar and get back to you. Number five, stand by your no. If you've asserted your boundaries, stand by them. Remember, we teach other people how to treat us. If you don't respect your own boundaries, or if you will bend them at the first sign of tension, why would anyone else bother to respect your boundaries? In the wives' words of Bren Brown, choose discomfort over resentment. Meaning it's better to make a choice that is aligned with your truth, even when it's really tough, than to fall into the murky energy of resentment and ill will. So even though saying no can be hard, in these types of situations, it's really, truly worth it. I have a rule. That if something is not a hell yeah, then it's a no. So if I'm umming and ahring about whether I should go to an event, take on a client or overbuying something, then it's a no. Number six, if all else fails, lovingly let them go. If you've tried your best to assert your boundaries and include someone in your life in a way that serves both of you, yet they haven't given an inch, it's time to focus your energy elsewhere. It may sound harsh, but the reality is that you can never control how someone else acts, and putting up with being treated poorly is not doing either of you any favours. Kindly, gently detach them from your energy field. Some people like to physically tell the other person that they need some space. Others just prefer a slow, gentle fade-out. Whichever way feels more genuine and kinder to you, make sure that you are sending them love the whole time and honouring your truth. That way, your own energy will remain clear and light, and you can both continue your soul journeys unencumbered by negativity. While we're discussing our relationships with others, before we delve into the divine topic of soulmates and romantic love, it's an excellent time to revisit the one relation that underpins everything else in your life. You guessed it, the one with yourself. There's no point addressing your relationships with the people around you if you're not practicing what you preach with yourself. You still must be flexing that self-love muscle, cranking up your worthy-o-meter and believing in yourself. No amount of romantic wizardry or friendship fine tuning will make up for a lousy relationship with yourself. You've got to seriously commit to treating yourself with nothing but straight-up love. It's not until you have cultivated a loving relationship with yourself that you will be able to call in your soulmate. Until then, you'll just experience romantic relationships that fill a void, but aren't quite right. You'll be settling and denying yourself, and things will feel a little off. I'm currently working on creating space in my life to allow me to meet my soulmate. To get there, I have been focused on karate chopping my limiting beliefs, mastering the voices in my head, letting go of the past, healing my heart, getting healthy, loving myself, and learning some pretty big life lessons. I'm definitely not saying that everyone has to do all this before they find their soulmate, but I do believe that you have to be in a place within yourself where you are bursting with love before your soulmate can enter the picture. I believe that the universe has a divine plan for us, and when the time is right, when you have done your inner work and soul searching, you will meet the right person. And when you do meet that person, you should both be at a place in your lives where you are content. Neither of you should feel like you need another person, you should have all the love you require within yourselves. Learning not to place expectations on another person or on a relationship is an important part of the process. When two people who are overflowing with love decide to join, magic is sure to follow. When you meet your soulmate, you can be open and authentic, vulnerable and raw. There is no need for censoring and no expectations on each other because you have nothing to lose. You are both whole within yourselves. Guess what happens when two people are aligned and whole with themselves? Unity. There is no fear or doubt. See what happens when you get out of the way and leave your baggage at the door. I believe that we need to celebrate love more. Love is our birthright, it's our lifeblood and it's such a beautiful thing to share. Do you find yourself shrinking so that others don't feel uncomfortable? It's time to stop that and start to celebrate you, your wins, love, and whatever you like. I consider entering a divine relationship with your soulmate is like signing a contract with love itself. Where there is unity, clarity, alignment, and consciousness in a divine relationship, there is no place to hide. If you are not being the fullest version of yourself your partner immediately calls you on it they won't settle for anything else i want a partner that won't let me get away with anything if he can see me skipping toward fairtown to hang out with those voices in my head he won't stand for it he will however inspire me out of it that is his job and the promise we need to make to each other although i know that sometimes i will want to kick and scream and throw myself a pity party I realize that it's all part of being in a divine relationship. To be honest, my entire view on what being in a relationship entails has shifted as I've got older. I now believe we enter a partnership to inspire and support the other person to be the fullest expression of themselves. We enter a partnership to be a full service to their evolution because by doing so in turn, we are serving our own. These are the seven laws of a divine relationship that I want to share with you. For two people to experience a divine relationship, both people must first, one, have their worthy Omega cranked up high. Number two, be authentic. Number three, be living a life of purpose. Number four, Be flexing their self-love muscle daily. Five, understand that in order to serve themselves, they must be of service to their partner. Number six, be ready to take full responsibility for their crap, their limiting beliefs, and their emotional baggage. Number seven, use love as their compass and let their heart lead the way. I totally believe that all of us, Can experience divine relationships. Are you ready to live the seven laws of a divine relationship and call in your soulmate? I know that I am. So why don't you do it too? Our time is now. Or if you're already in a divine relationship, how can you take it to the next level? So let's just recap the key takeaways from the show. About divine relationships relationships allow us the opportunity to be the fullest versions of ourselves your relationships are your biggest spiritual assignments when we judge others we are simply judging ourselves what we see in each other we see in ourselves every time we people please we are saying yes to someone else and no to our truth In that moment, we are dimming our light. Comparison keeps you in fair town. It will rob you of happiness and pure joy. Quit comparing. Treat your soul sisters with love. The most important relationship is the relationship with yourself. You must cultivate a loving relationship with your awesome self first. Unity, clarity, alignment. And consciousness are prerequisites for divine relationships. I would love you to join me again next Saturday at 10am Queensland Time for the next edition of Thoughts Action Success, where we will talk about your gift to the world. I currently have limited vacancies for new coaching clients and wanted to share the opportunity with my show viewers and listeners first. If you're interested in finding out more about coaching and if it could work for you then I'd love to talk to you and offer you a complimentary no obligation discovery session so you can experience it for yourself. All my contact details are available on my Facebook page or on my website KirstyJohnston.com. In the meantime join me in the Thoughts Action Success Facebook group for exclusive access to further inspo action from this and previous episodes. Have a fantastic rest of the weekend and we'll talk again soon.